Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Ayton, as always. It's Sunday the 15th of August, the day after the first game of the Premier League season where we were victorious. We ran out 3-2 winners at home to uh, an Aston Villa side who I don't think many expected us to beat, to be honest. Ben, result aside for a minute, how's your weekend been? I've been fantastic, mate. I've been back to a Vic, ain't I? Um, indeed. Very oh, I can't describe it how it felt it just felt right it just felt like being home after so long 18 months wasn't it since our last game I think Liverpool at home back in the 29th of February 2020 was the last time Watford fans stepped in foot inside the ground with a full capacity uh, so it was, it was just amazing to walk up uh, walk down occupation road to like the back of a rookery albeit there was a massive queue to get in which we all we all kind of predicted but to walk through those doors up through the stands and finding your seats uh, and seeing the people that you've not seen for so long as well and seeing that they're all good and all right it's yeah really good feeling mate and to see Z, z cars seeing the teams come out it just gives you goosebumps um it was amazing to be back and like the whole town was buzzing like I went to walk about pre-match and that that was heaving it was like I didn't know what to expect to drive into Watford I didn't know if it would be like be people would be a bit cautious or something uh, but it, it felt like everyone was out and you know that time when you're in walkabout and you see the the opposition uh, police come in don't know they? they do a little yeah. walk around uh, when I saw that I was like yeah football's back <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I saw a lot of videos on Twitter and, you know, my old man and my brother went and like even videos on Twitter, you like seeing it and it's a packed out Vicarage Road and you got goosebumps and yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant that football's back and even so, 
even more so the fact that we're in the Premier League again. So, yeah, really, like, can't wait to talk about this one. And it was like we've uh, never been away because we yeah. we had that whole season in the Championship where none of us really went to see. Yes, we had those couple of games over like the winter period where they could let in like two, three thousand fans, but let's just scrap that under the carpet. We didn't really attend games last season, and we got the last time we could attend was the Premier League. So it's like we've never been away. Like we got relegated, we've been promoted the game. We're back in the Prem. We, last time we saw football was Premier League football. Now we're seeing it as Premier League football and it's just fantastic as well um, to see like, like the likes of Villa. And you know what Villa's away fans are like. They're one of the best in the countries, aren't they? Um, albeit they was pretty quiet yesterday, but I think that's because of Watford's <laughs> performance. But like just seeing opposition fans as well and yeah. them all singing like out, outside the, the Weatherspoons, you know, they're, they're all walking outside the Weatherspoons up to the ground. And it's just that buzz. It's a buzz of football being yeah. back yeah my uh, my villa supporting mates have told me they're going to listen to this will love that comment from you saying that we kept them quiet yesterday so yeah that did make me laugh um mate one of our best mates is a villa fan and i watch that group <laughs> I, I, I might have to go around and see if he's all right because we've not heard a peep out of him all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, uh yeah coxie um coxie's uh been a little bit quiet hasn't he but uh yeah no it's i i didn't expect that result yesterday uh just before we do start um just to explain i might not sound the most enthusiastic i do have a little bit of a horse voice i was on a stag do in birmingham city center yesterday so uh, i was surrounded by plenty of villa fans watching the scores coming on soccer saturday i was also on the stag do with villa fans so it was a good day all around for me yesterday so yeah um, ben, this is the first match reaction part of the um, of the Premier League for you know first one of the season for us. Let's start as always with the team news. Um, <laughs> a little bit different to what we thought. We obviously put our team predictions out on Twitter um, in the morning and that, but it didn't quite pan out to that. I mean, one of them which surprised me, which we'll talk about. But just to run through the team, it was Danny Backman in goal. We expected that. A back four of Messina, Cabaselli, Trustekong and Cathcart. Midfield three of Cleverly, Etebo and Kucha. And then a front three of Ishmael Asar, Dennis and Ken Semmer. Now, Ben, let's start with the defence. I, <laughs> I half expected Cathcart to start because of Sierra Elta being out, you know, being rested, I assume, because of the Copa America. What I didn't expect was him to be playing right back. And then I also didn't expect... You know, I expected to see maybe Ngakia or Kiko Femenia. What what were your thoughts when you saw that team yesterday? Yeah, just a bit of a head-scratching moment, wasn't it? Um, we was messaging before the game and it was like no one in the whole UK or the world could predict the lineup Cisco was going to go with. There was too many question marks over too many positions. Who was he going to pick? Um, we, we saw how they was kind of lining up in pre-season. So he could, he could have gone off that a little bit. Like we were saying, Cathcart's featured in a lot of pre-season games. So you thought he was going to take a central role in that defence. But um, he picked up on the right-hand side. It, it was a bit of a worry, um, to be fair. Um, I know he had a really good performance yesterday, Cathcart. Um, so give him credit for that. He, he did a job and he was really good. Um, but Ngakia, who featured in the pre-season games, you kind of would have thought that he was going to get the start. Um, so that was a bit of a strange move. Um, but look, 
it worked. Um, Cisco likes proving his doubters wrong, doesn't he? Um, there's, there's a, when the team news came out, there was a, I was in walkabout. You know, you get that ping on your phone two o'clock, and yeah. then literally you look around and everyone's got their phone out. Everyone's looking at the lineup, and then you see through reactions. It's like all the mumbling and groaning. It's like, oh, what, what's going on? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, okay. Um, Choi's playing. I mean, it's like, oh no, Choi's not playing. Cathcart's yeah. right back. Uh, Cavaselli's in the middle. Um, and Dennis is up front. And it's like, I just love reaction. I I just stopped watching. I love people watching, mate. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when I saw our team, I was um, I was in the pub and I said to my mate, I was counting down the moments till two o'clock actually, which, you know, again, probably sums up the excitement of football being back properly and everything. I said to him, I said, Darren says, two o'clock, it's two o'clock, check team news, check team news. I checked the team news and I was like, what? Like, yeah, so, I mean, in the the midfield three, we, I sort of expected Cleverly to play, uh, Etebo as well, um, but was was you surprised to see him throwing Kucha straight away, Ben, or? I, I was, um, only because he joined up late, didn't he? He, um, joined the day before we played Palace last week so he joined last Friday I believe um, and then he had that little cameo off the bench against Palace so if I was honest I, I didn't think that he was going to start the game I'm glad he did because he was absolutely phenomenal um, but I, I was I was expecting loser to play um, but then he hasn't really featured in many pre-season games he's played in like the behind closed doors games but he hasn't played in front of fans um, in the pre-season games so and then I thought maybe he's going to play with the tried and trusted, the people who got you promoted, maybe throw Dan Gosling into the start. But I was really pleased that Kusha's actually got the start after that. And then in the attacking areas as well, you kind of knew that he was going to stick with Ken Semmer after what he produced last season in the Championship. Um, Saar, he, he, that's, that's the guaranteed spot in the side, isn't it? He's the first name on the team sheet and he showed yesterday why. And then, yeah, through the middle, Emmanuel Dennis, was that a surprise for you, mate? Um, I know was. there was lots of talks about Troy Deeney and his Aston Villa record. Yeah, I was I was talking to my mates about this and, you know, I've, I've it might surprise a few that are regular listeners on here because I know how much I love Troy, but it, it has dawned upon me recently that he's, you know, not the player he was and... We're probably not going to see him feature as much as the seasons go on. And, you know, I've come to the realisation that that is happening. And, you know, he's, he's not our main number nine, our main talisman now, as some media outlets still say that he is and everything else. So, but I said to my mates, I was like, there was like, well, surely, surely Troy's going to be starting. And I was like, I says, I think the only reason he starts today, and I was talking as if that was a nailed on guarantee as well. I says, the only reason he starts is because he's Villa. Says if it's not Villa, he doesn't start. Um, and you know he's got six goals in four games against the Villa. He, he seems to really roll himself up when he plays against the Villa. So I was really, really surprised to not see him start from from the off. And um, Dennis got given the, the the nod. And my word, did he? You know, grab that with both hands and, and really, you know, put his name on sort, sort of up in lights. Ten minutes it took, you know, to to put his. To, to get his name on the score sheet and it was a good goal as well he stayed alert from a block he could have very easily switched off after it was blocked but he uh, he took it away quite nicely um but yeah I, you know hopefully this is a sign of things to come we know what he's you know he's scored two at the Bernabeu for Club Bruges we know he's got goals in him but we also know he's got a little bit of an attitude problem so we're hoping that that doesn't come to fruition really um but 
Ben, obviously, just before, I know I've jumped the gun a little bit there talking about Dennis's goal, but just before we do that, um, what was you expecting from an, this Aston Villa side? Because they've lost their main man, Jack Grealish, but they have recruited some brilliant players in his in, in his absence. I, I was uh, worrying, mate. Um, we was talking to a Villa fan um, in our last podcast and he was talking about Brendia being a possible doubt. The moment I saw Brendia on the team sheet, I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, I thought, just he's going to replace Grealish. He's going to be the one who's for threat. Um, and then Danny Ings as well. But to be fair, when you look at it over last season as well, Brendia didn't have a sniff against us last year when he played for Norwich. Um, he was outstanding in the Championship, probably the player of the um, season last year in the Championship. But when Watford play against him, they know how to mark him. They literally give him no space. Because Brendia, when he's got space in front of him, he, he can he can create things. Um, he can score wonderful goals. But we kind of sniff him out of all the space possible and we, we stopped him from playing. If you stop Brendia, you stop the team that he plays for. Um, yeah. And I thought that was fantastic from Watford. And that's pretty, yeah, that's the third time that Cisco's came up against Brendia, isn't it? Because his first game for Watford was against Norwich. So he, he must know a lot about him. And he, he was pretty much being man-marked in that first half as well by Kucha as well, which limited him again, um, limited all that space around him. So tactics were spot on yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, you know, how many tweets did we see, Ben? And we, I think we touched on this a little bit in that last pod with the amount of tweets are, you know, I'm dreading this season, we're going to go down. And yeah, I know, and people might be listening to this thinking, we won game in, we might lose a bloody rest. But I don't think many people are expecting this. And I think what you said was perfect, Ben. Cisco does prove his doubters wrong a lot. And he's definitely done that, you know. I'll be honest, I'll hold my hands up now. Although I said on this podcast and the Villa podcast, I went 2-1 to us. When I was out with my mates uh, yesterday, I was talking to the Villa lads and um, I said, look, I says, if I'm being honest, I can see this being a 3-1, free, free maybe 4-1 to Villa. Like, I was just really expecting the worst because that team um, that they've assembled now that Jack Grealish has gone, it, it, it could really do some damage. But I think we took advantage because it was the first game of the season and then they've not gelled as such. So I think we, we massively took advantage there. But Ben, obviously, scoring 10 minutes in would have definitely helped our chances as well because from there on in, we we looked like the side that had just signed all these brilliant players and recruited well and we, we dominated Aston Villa for the first half, didn't we? Yeah, it was all Watford. All, all the chances came through Watford. Um, Villa didn't really get a sniff. We was very aggressive from the front. Um, and I think that's why Emmanuel Dennis was playing. Um, his work rate was unbelievable yesterday. He was chasing everything. He, he was His link-up play with Ismail Assar, I must say, it was outstanding. Um, we had so much joy down that right-hand slide. I think uh, Matt Target's a missing person. Um, <laughs> he got pulled I think off I've at half-time, didn't he? Yeah, I think I've seen a few posters up um, through um, around Birmingham. So yeah, I was really worried about him. What got me was it, he he was struggling with Saw. Um, Saw got past him on this one occasion, and Target tried to shoulder barge him um, out of play, but he completely missed him because Saw was just so quick, and he just looked right and utter tit. Um, but it was fantastic to see that that was Saw at his best. We've spoke about it last season. Saw needs to hug that touchline, make the pitch as stretched as possible, and that's where he gets 
the joys out of his defenders. And he wasn't checking back. He got the ball and he was just aggressive with it. And we were stretching that Villa back line, just like we was doing with Emmanuel Dennis as well, with his pace behind. Both of them are electric and it's exciting to see. I reckon we can score some good goals away from home this season because of their pace... We're going to be defending deep and we're just going to hit teams on a counter-attack. And that's what we did yesterday. For the first goal, Tom Cleverley kept the ball in on the right and sound. Great work rate from Cleverley. Um, Saar crossed the ball into Dennis. Dennis took two attempts to get it in, but it went in at the end of the day and that was fantastic. And I was really pleased for him. Um, he went off in the second half with like a little niggly injury, but I think he um, just like got took a little knock to his foot or something. But... Mm-hmm. What a debut from him. Um, really excited from him. Um, I, and to be fair, when you saw him in the starting lineup, he was maybe one of the people you wouldn't have um, popped in through the middle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we spoke about that. You, you, you know, it's possible that he um, he might not got, got a game at all. Maybe played out wide. I don't know if if that's where he's able to play as well. But yeah. Um, you know, brilliant start to the debut. Uh, Watford put out a brilliant tweet the uh, early after today, I think it was. There's only four Nigerians that have scored on their debut game in the Premier League, and two of them have been Watford players. One being, of course, Odi Onigalo, and the second being Emmanuel Dennis. So uh, that's a very, very interesting stat, a stat which I like a lot. Um, we, ben, I you love the passion that he showed yesterday as well. Yes. I know like, this is a new club that he's came to. He's had issues before at other um, clubs. Um, he didn't leave Club Bruges particularly well. He went on loan to a club in Germany. That didn't end very, very, very well. And so he's got massive point to prove. And for him to come in, um, to hit the ground running as well. But he, he, it looks like he gets the club straight away. And he wants to do well. He wants to be involved in that Nigerian team, doesn't he? And mm-hmm. I don't think he's been featuring lately for them. But he was showing so much passion. He was really like revved up for yesterday. And it's just great to see. And I, I just put it down to Cisco. Cisco gets his club and he, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And Cisco shows so much passion. And you're seeing that into the players. We saw it last season with the passion that we saw from the captains that took over the, the armband from Troy Deeney, from the likes of Cleverley, from Chalabar. It all rubs off from Cisco onto the players. And to, for, to see it rub off onto a new signing as well was just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned there he had a point to prove and he's he's gone a bloody good way about doing so. And hopefully this can sort of spark a little bit of a, a run for him and hopefully we, we see him hit the back of the net again next Saturday. Uh, another player, Benu, I think I think he had a point to prove as well because he had a lot of doubters when this was announced. Was uh, was Kucha, uh, or Kuchka, sorry. Um, you know, when, when the signing was announced, there was a lot of grumbles and moans and groans like, uh, why are we signing 34-year-olds who have never played in the Premier League before? And, you know, I, I likened it to Valen Barami-style signing and we thought that, yeah, he can be a good squad player. We certainly didn't expect him to feature, but I saw somebody on Twitter say, and this is a big title to take, possibly the best debut they've seen since Juan Carlos Paredes. Me and you were there for that one. And I was like, I was in awe when I saw Juan Carlos Paredes against Bolton and he thundered that crossbar. But Ben Kucha, could his debut have gone any better? He's, he was all over the place, wasn't he? 
Uh, the only the thing that would have made it better was grabbing a goal, um, but I, mm, he, yeah. he didn't have the opportunity for that, unfortunately. But yeah, absolutely outstanding. Like you say, lots of people wrote him off because of his age. Um, we both said in the pod last week and the week before, you, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've seen, we've looked into him and we've seen lots of videos of what kind of player he is. And I, 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 I went into detail on him last week. Um, I won't do it again now. Um, if you want to have a listen to the last pod, um, feel free to give it a listen. Um, but yeah, fantastic box to box player. Um, he showed his presence yesterday. Um, he, he, what I liked about him was the work rate. Um, that midfield three, him, Itibo, and Cleverly. It was just the there was all workhorses. We've said before how much of a workhorse Cleverly is. He had two other people behind him who was workhorses. Itibo chased every single ball. He he made the most ball recoveries yesterday out of everyone on the pitch. Kucha, he was outstanding. You couldn't get him off a ball. He ended up nutmegging so many people on the pitch yesterday. There was a point where he he took it past about two or three people and Villa couldn't get near him. Uh, and he just got like all lays um, from the crowd because um, he was just outstanding. And he, I think he only did about 70 minutes yesterday and got a standing ovation when he went off. But... I'm really excited about him. Um, I said last week that um, I reckon he's going to be someone who is not going to start the season. He's going to come off a bench and maybe he will end up warranting a start in place in Cisco's lineup. But after yesterday, he deserves to start every single game. Um, he's a cult hero already. I was going to say, is that that sounds like, you know, it, it's his place to lose now. You know, he, he, he's, he's done 100%. that brilliant performance, you know. I s- I said yeah. earlier, um, WD18 tweeted saying about Shoesy being in talks with Palace or it's getting closer to maybe him joining. And I was like, I, I loved Shoesy, but the situation's draining now and yeah. I, I can't be bothered. And after the performance yesterday with the midfield three, especially seeing how Kucha performed, I don't think we need Shoes. Um, in my eyes, he, he can go. I think we've got enough in that midfield three. Um, of what we saw yesterday and with, with what we've seen with Chalaber as well. He came out and tweeted yesterday, didn't he? Um, he did indeed. I don't know if you've got the tweet that you want to read out. Uh, well, I haven't at the moment because we were, we were going to save that for a little bit later, I think, but uh, you've completely thrown me under the bus here. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was basically, it was he, he, I've got it here. It says, my bro makes his first start in the Prem for Chelsea. He then scores in that game. Then my team wins first game of the season. Think it's time to shake this sickness off. Now, that could mean a lot of things, but I'm reading that as, yeah, I'm, I'm, my mind's made up now. Because I think with Shallow it's a little bit different. It's He's not rejected a contract. He's just not signed a new one because he's exploring other options. So hopefully now, yesterday's performance will sort of, think right no this side is a good side we can do things with this side and hopefully then that persuades him to sign a sign a dotted line um yeah i'd be happy for him to sign like i say yeah. if you choose he ends up leaving we keep that midfield free and you've got the likes of chalaber who it looks like we're looking maybe a bit too much into what he's yeah. saying but he said my team yeah um so for me that's saying that he, he wants to stay he's committed to his football club he wants to get over this sickness um so i imagine he's going to be involved possibly at next weekend i, I don't imagine he would be starting anytime soon but we could see him involved in the match day squad and i think that's good for watford i don't think we could afford to 
lose both Husey and um, Chalobah. And if we can have a Chalobah that's ended the season last last year, then, my God, we've got a player. Yeah, exactly. And let's not forget, Chalobah also went to St. James's, um, St. George's Park as well, whereas Will Hughes didn't. So it's not as if he'd have to, you know, be up to, you know, do a couple more training to get themselves up to speed. He's uh, He's already sort of, the, the same level as the, the first team, I'd imagine. So, yeah, watch this space and uh, we'll see if he's in the squad next week. Uh, that, I would assume, would mean that he would have to sign this contract in the week. Um, so, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, and then, you know, things went from good to, to better. You mentioned there, Emmanuel Dennis and Saar, the link-up play was brilliant and you're looking forward to seeing how it works. Well, it worked superbly for the second goal, Ben. He... Um, <laughs> I think it was a simple clearance out of the box. Was it Kucher even that cleared it out? Um, he yes, it was. It was one of these, just get it out the area sort of clearances. Dennis wins it in the air brilliantly. And then there's Saar in acres of space. Um, target nowhere to be seen, nowhere near him. And um, you didn't see this at the time, as you said to me before we started recording, but it did take quite a big deflection off um, Tyro Mings. But... The, the, the end thing is, Ben, it ended up in the back of the net and that was three minutes before half-time and you'd like to think from there and then, did you did you feel at that time that it was it was job done, Ben? Mate, we support Watford, it's never job done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, nah, I always want that extra goal, want that third goal, I want to feel more comfortable. Um, two nils for the most dangerous scoreline in football. Don't, um, don't care what anyone says, two nils for most dangerous um, but yeah fantastic by Saar like I said the, the link up play by uh, Dennis and Saar Villa couldn't handle it uh, and for Saar to run in on goal I know that it took a massive deflection but that's going to do wonders for his um, confidence going into the rest of the season and brighten away next week and also did my fantasy football team wonders as well Yes, oh, do you know what? I must admit, I actually don't have Sar in my fantasy football team. I was what? looking at uh, that for a, a quick reminder as well. If you've not already, make sure you head over to our fantasy football league and, and get yourself entered. Um, and, and you might be thinking, oh well, you've already, um, you've the season's already started. I'll be playing catch up. You won't be because I'm second bottom of that bloody league already. <laughs> uh, I only scored 15 points. Uh, because... I said last week that you'd come bottom as well, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Uh, the code for that, by the way, if anyone's wondering, is LXU4HN. Uh, and that's N for November, not N for Mother. So, yeah, make sure you go and join that league. And like I say, you don't have to worry about trying to catch anyone up because yeah I'm second bottom of that league 15 points but yeah um, going off topic here uh, brilliant for Saar he's opened his account which is absolutely amazing I think he's going to assist loads this season he's going to grab a fair few goals as well I think as well mate I, I saw a really good stat yesterday On the, uh, did you watch match of the day? I didn't watch match of the day no when, um, after the, the game yesterday they went to Gary Lineker and um Alan Shearer and Ian Wright in the, the studio, but then they put up a little stat of um, the goals of what um, Saar's been involved in. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible. I'll just read it out now. Yeah. Um, in all competitions in, since 2019, 20 seasons, since Saar's joined the club, 
he has contributed in 28 goals uh, for Watford, 20 goals, 8 assists. The nearest person behind him is Troy Deeney on 6 um, six goals less, which is on, um, well, 6 goals contributed less, which is 22. Joe Pedro's on 12, Ken Semmer 11, uh, Delefeu on 9. So it just shows the importance of Ismail Asar that since he's joined, he's been the one who's assisted and scored the most goals for Watford. Yeah, well, I mean, that won't surprise many Watford fans listening to this because he really is our golden boy. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's as they say, he's the star man, uh, as they sing from the terraces. So, absolutely, you know, no doubt whatsoever in my mind that he will not continue that run of form because he will. Uh, and that will be the first of many goals um, for, for Ishmael Asar. And I think we're going to get a lot of joy with this front three, hopefully. Hopefully they're not famous last words, but I think we are. Um, second half, poor Matty Target brought off 45 minutes too late for his liking, I think. Uh, but I think they then put Ashley Young left back as well. Uh, but I, I think... He got a lovely reception yesterday, mate. Oh, did as he? As you can imagine. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I can imagine, yeah, because of... Uh... Ashley, Ashley, what's the score? Came out a few times. Came out a bit too <laughs> early for my liking. You know when they get these chants going and it's like in the first half still, and it's like, don't sing it to injury time at the second half. Like, come on, it can come back and bite us. But, yeah, he, he, he wasn't... He wasn't best pleased yesterday, Ashley Young, especially towards the end of the game when he was down in our um, corner flag area um, trying to defend it. But Troy Deeney kept winning throw-ins to waste time. Mm. You could tell how frustrated he was. Um, and then the Watford fans were just giving him so much stick. I, I, he couldn't wait till the final whistle um, <laughs> happened. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And as you say, you know, it's never over till the final whistle, especially with us. So I was saying to my mates at half-time, when Tony Lopez says 2-2, two, two. I says, if, if if any team's capable, it's us. Um, and I, I just really feared the worst. I just thought this is going far too smoothly for Watford and for the first game of the season. Um, ben, you mentioned a little bit earlier that Emmanuel Dennis did unfortunately have to come off because of a little knock that he, he picked up. Um, suitable replacement, Chucho Hernandez, and my God, what an introduction to the team that he joined back in 2017. This is the first time we've seen him. It was his first touch. It was one minute after he'd come onto the pitch. This is what we were expecting from him. This is what we signed him for. And I must add as well, hats off to Mike Dean for that fantastic advantage. Oh, yes. He could have blown twice. The one on Cooch and then the one on Cleverly, I think it was. Yeah, um, Cleverly kept it alive. That's right, yeah, as in true Cleverly fashion because, again, he's a workhorse. But, Ben, what a goal. Like, what an introduction in front of the rookery. I, I just, how was it seeing that in the flesh? <laughs> Mate, a massive mm-hmm. smile comes to my, my face after just hearing you say that. Um, I just can remember it just like it happened a few seconds ago. Kyusho coming onto a pitch, got a massive um, round of applause, as you would expect, a lot of hype about him. Um, we've waited four years to see him. Um, and he just picked up the ball and just kept running. Um, and then he, he checked back inside on Brendia, um, completely lost his man, got it onto his right foot and just bent it so perfectly into that far corner when it hit the post I and mean, then it was one of those it's like it could have bounced back out to the defenders to clear or 
was it going to take the spin off the post into the back of the net? And it was just like slow motion going in. And then the roar of the rookery and then just seeing Kucho just running over to the corner and just being mauled by the rest of the Watford players. And I, I've missed that sound of the ball hitting the back of the net and the rookery just going absolutely wild. Um, I know like, there's lots of people who are a bit conscious about the whole social distancing things, but people was getting jumped on yesterday when that ball <laughs> went in the back of the net. Um, I can imagine. Fantastic. Um, and I saw that it was someone tweeted yesterday saying that it was Kusho Hernandez became the first Colombian player to score in his Premier League debut and his strike um, with his strike coming off the bench, which was 49 seconds before he came off the bench and scored. Um, so it must be one of the quickest goals from a sub as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be in the history books. It really has, and he's, you know, he said on the Watford, uh, Watford tweeted it earlier today. You know, he says what I want to do is to keep entertaining the fans and scoring more goals to help the team, and I think he will. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how it works with, you know, Dennis being available, Deeney being available, Chucho being available. How much game time everyone gets in, in that regard, but if Chucho and Andes keeps doing that. The bloke's only 22 as well. I think that's incredible. Mad, like 22 it? years old. We've got a real player on our hands here. He scored on his debut for Colombia back in. Well, he scored a brace, didn't he? Um, yes. For Colombia on his debut uh, a couple of years ago. He, he he was saying. I watched an interview on the Watford website the other day, uh, and he was saying that he's not been involved in the Colombian team lately, and he's hoping that playing in the Premier League week in, week out is going to get him back into that, his national team. And oh, I think he'll be starting after that goal. The, yeah. the, the Colombians back home, um, I hope they're as mad as the Chileans after with Sirielta. <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to be loving him. What yeah. a flair player. But like you say, you've ruled off all those names that could potentially play. We've got so many attacking options. Yes, and it's refreshing to have, and they're all different. They all bring something different to the plate, and that's what's exciting about us this this year. Uh, Defence, I think we know what we're going to get from Watford. I think it's, tr- I think we're going to see the same players playing week in week out potentially. And uh, once Kiko's back, he's going to take that right hand um, side of the defence. Silvio's fit, he'll come back in. The only debate for me is going to be Messina and Rose, but the attacking line, um, the forward players we've got. You could play anyone. Um, It's like picking a name from a hat. This is probably the first time in a long time that we've had this much talent in the front three Uh, and with players still to pick as well, like, you know, players left over. If Dennis doesn't play and it's Saar and Sema, you've got Loser who can play out wide. You've got, you know, Chucho who can, you know, play in the middle. And, you know, it's just really, really exciting in terms of going forwards and, it's it's going to be very very interesting to see how much game time each player gets. But I'm so excited to to see what we can do attacking wise this season because we are going to have to score goals. You know we we're not going to be keeping as many clean sheets and you know we are going to concede. So if we can put the ball in the back of the net, that's half the problem solved already. I've not even mentioned Josh King as well. You know when he's back up to fitness, it's I'm, I'm really buzzing and really excited to see what this Watford team's got in store. Really, really am. Um, <laughs> in true Watford fashion, we didn't finish the most comfortably. I mean, I know <laughs> their equaliser was 97 minutes in, but I even I was still a bit like, you know, squeaky bum time. Uh, I must say, hats off as well 
John McGinn for this goal. It was a superb goal. Um, oh, fantastic. I, th- I think we were just caught napping there, Ben. And um, as you say, Deeney got his his, uh, his little cameo. Only 10 minutes for Troy, though, against Villa. So not really much time to, to get Sonny against Villa because he does usually score. I'm very, still very surprised at that, you know, but obviously it worked out with Emmanuel Dennis doing as well as he did a goal and assist on his debut. Um, oh, I don't think he'll be coming anywhere near the starting line-up if Emmanuel Dennis carries on playing like that, mate. Um, exactly. Just just adds a new dimension to Watford's attack. He's so direct. Um, with Troy, you know what you're going to get from him, but with Emmanuel Dennis, I think it just adds so much more and it was refreshing to see yesterday. Like we've said before, it's a bit one-dimensional sometimes with Troy. Um, nothing against Troy, fantastic yeah, yeah. servant, club legend. Um, but you kind of need a bit more. You need more mobility, don't you? You need him to be involved more in the, the build-up play and that, and and to have that bit of pace. You need pace up front nowadays, especially um, in the Prem nowadays. It's, it's twenty twenty. One, um, you need pace in the Premier League, yeah. and we saw it yesterday. And I think that's what I think Villa was maybe expecting Troy to line up. So I think Cisco won the game um, for um, for mind games yesterday by playing Emmanuel Dennis. I don't think Villa would know much about Emmanuel Dennis, um, even though he scored two goals at the Bernabeu. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see, I can see where you're coming from there. It's yeah. Obviously, if you play Troy, you know what you're going to get. And I think Villa have got two capable centre-backs of winning aerial duels a lot and, you know, sort of playing Troy at his own game. You know, I, I rate Conser very, very highly. And again, not to go off on a tangent, but I think he should have gone to the Euros for England. Over Mings. Over Mings, yeah, definitely. I think Conser's a very, very good player. Um, Mings as well, not the best, but he's very... You know, he's he can deal with aerial threats. So if you're going to play Troy up there, you're probably not going to get much joy. Whereas if you've got Dennis, who can do a bit of both, you know, obviously he won that header to uh, to well, yeah, he you know he's he's able to mix it up with with everything. So it's it's very very you know different for for Villa in terms of how they set up against Watford, and uh, I think we surprised you- them. What did you make of Messina's challenge for the giving away the penalty? Well, I was just going to go on to that. Um, very, 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 very stupid. It's the sort of stuff you see on a Sunday morning. Uh, tired challenge, wasn't tired it? Tired challenge, you know. It's a type of challenge you'd see from Daryl the Barrel on Sunday League Park pitch, and let alone a professional footballer who's got pre-season minutes in him. And I think that's all it is, to be honest. It's... A tired challenge. He, it's silly. Yeah, I mean, he, he he had a really good performance yesterday. Yeah. He was he was solid for ninety minutes. Didn't put a foot wrong, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just tired. And it when I when I first saw it on Twitter, because being up in the rookery, you can't really see too much up the other end. And to be fair, I left my glasses at home yesterday as well, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't have them on. But when I saw the footage on Twitter, it kind of made me angry seeing it. I was like. That, it was pathetic defending, but then when you think of it, 97th minute, it's pretty... I don't want to use a tide as an excuse, but I think it came into it. We was on the back foot a little bit there. But to, the way he just flicked up his leg, it wasn't like he put his leg out and tripped him up. He like flicked his back of his ankle up to like trip him over. Yeah. He knew what he was doing, and it was just stupid. It could have cost us. Yeah, well, this is it. I think Troy, going back to Troy for a minute, he... He did a, he's done various 
interviews for various media media outlets and he said that this year he's warned his teammates of silly mistakes you know you cannot do it you can't do it in any league but the Premier League you get punished for it luckily for us we we were already 3-1 up at the time we had a two goal cushion so if he makes that challenge and it's 1-0 or if he makes that challenge and it's 1-1 then yeah, like, what the hell, like, he needs to be having serious, serious questions. I'm sure mm. he probably would have got a little bit of a bollocking off his teammates and Cisco, but he's very, very lucky that we yeah. were 3-1 up at the time. I feel um, like he's got away with one with the scoreline. Um, if it was like, like you say, it was it was the, the time where we was 1-0 up and he um, did it and they got back into the game or it was that he did it and Villa ended up losing it, he would have been completely ridiculed on Twitter, um, even in the stands, um, people would be shouting at him. So he got away with it. Luckily, we've we've won the game. We've got the three points. Let's brush it under the carpet now and we move on to Brighton. But it's a silly, silly mistake. He just, I hope he, he, he learns from this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he will. And Danny Rose is waiting in the wings for whenever Cisco's ready for him. So I think the fact that he's got this competition this time round... Um, will really sort of give him a, a rocket. So, yeah, very, very lucky. But on the whole, Ben, 3-2, a win against a strong Aston Villa side and many were, you know, back in. And, you know, I saw a lot of tweets yesterday saying that Watford were the teams to let them down on their accumulators. And it's <laughs> it does make me laugh when that sort of stuff happens. Cause Music to my ears. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I saw someone saying, Villa let me down for so much quid. I was like, yeah. Football's back, baby. Football is back. <laughs> but um, yeah, Ben, three two, home win, and it, it's just it's brilliant being back in a Premier League, and, and what a result, eh? Fantastic, mate. Um, like I tweeted last night, I wasn't expecting that level of performance from the boys yesterday. I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was just going to the game hoping that we was going to sneak something, but for us to absolutely dominate Villa for probably about sixty minutes of that game, we. Yeah. I don't want to use the excuse of the whole Jack Grealish effect um, because I think that was playing on them a little bit. But at the end of the day, what came down to it was Watford were better. Watford were better in so many areas. We were so much better in midfield. And we won that game because of our midfield three yesterday. Um, yes, we had clinical finishing as well from the likes of Dennis R and um, Hernandez as well. But that we won the midfield battle yesterday. And, and that's why we got the three points. But... It's just so good to be back at the Vic, mate. Exactly, and I, I on a personal level, cannot wait for my first game back at the Vic, whenever that may be. I'm hoping it's not going to be too long because I, um, when I had a season ticket, I, I didn't make the most of it. Let's, it's fair to say, and, and these boys, Ben and a couple of others in the group, give me a little bit of stick for it, and I think COVID has made me appreciate it that I won't be taking anything like that for granted ever again. Uh, so the, the sooner I can get down to the Vic, the better. Um, I am definitely going to the Arsenal game, but that's not till later on in the year. So, but yeah, hopefully I'll be back very, very soon as well. Um, before we go on to the the last bit of the show, which is just a few topics, we've had a few more transfer news and transfer rumours. Uh, no, sorry, transfers. A um, little bit of a, an interview for you. Now, I mentioned on the last podcast that we were going to be joined by a special guest, um, and that guest was. Kate from the Women of Watford FC, the new women, uh, the new Watford Women Supporters Group, 
um, designed to help women feel safer and you know get as many women going to, to the football games together. Uh, and yeah, it, it was absolutely brilliant to chat to her. So we're going to go to an ad break and then you'll hear the interview that me and Ben did with Kate earlier this evening. And uh, yeah, you'll get all the lowdown on how to contact them and what they're about. So we'll go to an ad break now and we'll speak to you very shortly. If you're looking to buy a property, give Property Prize Guru a call. They specialise in helping buyers on their property search and can even negotiate on your behalf, potentially saving you thousands. Email info at propertyprizeguru.co.uk and use reference house 07, that's house 07, for a discounted rate. Delighted to say that we've today been joined by Kate Lewis from the Women of Watford Group. Kate, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem at all. Um, obviously, the, the reason you're on here is to talk about the, the new group, Watford of Women. And first question, really, how did it all come about? Yeah, um, so we are Women of Watford FC, um, or known as WOW, sort of colloquially. Um, and it came about uh, way, way back in March, really, this year, when um, we were all watching our games on High Live, and the club got in touch uh, just before International Women's Day um, with myself and a few other female fans just to chat, really, about what it's like to be a female football fan. Um, and we spoke a little bit about... Uh, our own personal experiences. I was, I think, the youngest um, contributor. And we noticed how actually there has been progress since uh, sort of the, the classic days of football hooliganism. Um, but it's slow and there is still more work to be done. Um, so there was kind of that sort of seed planted in my mind. But also at the same time, I just it was just really nice to sit there as a woman chatting to other women, because we obviously have the fantastic host that is Emma Saunders. Um, and Addy from the, uh, from the ladies team was on there as well. It was just really nice to chat with other women about football and just thought, I've not done this before. Um, and so those kind of things were going on in my mind. And then that was the week uh, that we were all talking about women's safety um, and our own personal experiences. And that was when the club kind of got in touch with me and just said, shall we continue this conversation? And, and how do we make the club and coming to football a positive experience for women and we thought the best place to start was with a, a women's uh, supporters group hence wow oh, it's a fantastic idea um, like you probably know I have a little girl um, little Isla so I'm glad that there's something like this in place for when she's older and she can go to games when I can't go there with her and like you say it's the opportunity to talk to other females about um, Watford and make yourself feel more comfortable because I know over the years uh, it's probably been a, a really different experience for you to travel into games especially like away games maybe um because I, I heard you were speaking to Ryan Gray from Watford Observer on a podcast and you went into details about away games and how maybe you didn't feel safe sometimes um, travelling to away games, but now you've set up this group, you can maybe speak to other members and organise how you can travel in numbers. Um, did you want to yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's one of my hopes. Um, I think the dream for me is um, to have games where 
perhaps we all go, um, maybe we have a block booking uh, to an away game and we all go on a coach together um, and sort of travel en masse. That's sort of the dream uh, away games for me because um, it's all very well me going to Vicarage Road regularly, but I know Vicarage Road. I know where I park. I know uh, the well-lit routes. Again, I've gone back to safety here, but um, I just, I know the safest way. Um, uh, that's not the case when I go to away games. Um, you know, it's all very well looking on Google Maps, but equally then, if you're having to look at your phone while you're walking, it's very obvious that you, you don't know where you are. So you are a little bit of a walking target, uh, quite literally, um, for people that might be looking for vulnerable um, targets. Um, so, but also just in terms of creating a community, actually, um, it would be really nice. Some, there are some women in our, uh, in our Facebook group saying, oh, I've not been to games for nine, 10 years, um, not for any particular reason, just not really had anyone to go with. And so other women are then commenting on the posts and saying, oh, well, we have a space in our car. Why don't you come with us? And so women are talking about carpooling or maybe getting the train together um, so that we're going to these unfamiliar areas, but we're going together. So it's a sort of safety in numbers kind of approach. Um, and one of the other things that came about with that, we were having a conversation on Twitter and um, before we set up, wow, this was during the week when we were all talking about uh, women's safety in the streets and after dark, um, men were coming in with ideas of just saying, how can I help? Um, is there a chance we could have maybe a walking buddies scheme where actually people wear t-shirts to indicate that they're safe, which um, now could be our wow t-shirts that are currently in the making. Um, Brilliant. Uh, I know, very exciting. Um, and maybe we have a meeting point and then we all walk together to the ground um, because there will be, uh, there are seasoned away day um, goers, shall we say, who do know um, Birmingham New Street Station, who do know uh, uh, the train stations in Manchester and therefore know the way to the grounds and uh, or the, the best pubs to go to before a game and those kind of things. So you know you're amongst allies, you know you're amongst safe people. Um, yeah, I sort of drifted away from that, that question. But <laughs> <laughs> now, I think the point that you make there, and this highlights as to why, obviously, this is such an important topic, is you saying there, you know, if you're having to look at Google Maps to familiarise yourself with the surroundings and because you don't want to look like you're lost and therefore, you know, a, a, as you described, a walking target, I just think that's... That, that's part of the problem. You know, if, if I went to a game and, you know, I, I'd turned up, I didn't know the way, then it, it's just, it, it, it baffles me, it really, really does, which is obviously why you've started this group. And I just think it's so, so bad that, you know, you you would have to maybe look at a route before you go. And I, I suppose that's that's the, why you've set up this group, really. So I think that, that speaks volumes massively. Like I say, you know, um, very if I were to turn up to a game and, you know, didn't know the way, then it would be all right, I suppose. And it's just, it opens your eyes as to, it's completely the opposite for, for, for women, which is obviously mm. why you've started this group. I mean, who are the other founders, if you like? Is it founders, members? I don't know. How's it, how's it work with you guys? Yeah. So, um, uh, so it's uh, me and a lady called Fran. Um, we had lots of chats. Um, in the run-up to setting up WOW. Um, and then we're kind of just growing from that. Um, I've got a real emphasis on wanting this group to be 
I keep going back to the words organic and authentic. Um, I don't want it. I don't want to force it to be too big too soon. Yeah. Um, because I want this uh, to last beyond me. Um, yes. I want Isla, for example, to be running wow in 30 years time. No pressure, Isla, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that, you know, that I want this to be here for a very, very long time. Um, and so I, I think I went into it a little naively because I did sit there <laughs> with my brother um, before we'd announced the launch of WOW and just said, you know what, if I have 50 members in my Facebook group by the end of the 2021-2022 season, um, I'll be happy. And I'm currently sitting at about 120 members in that group. <laughs> um, so I think more than anything else, that just really shows the need for a group for women at Watford um, and not not purely because of safety because actually chatting to Fran who is one of those seasoned away day um, goers uh, she um, has very different experiences to me um, <clears throat> excuse me um, and uh, I want to say she's a bit tougher I think she's like she's probably more confident and I'm a slightly anxious individual but we are both passionate about Watford we both support Watford and so there needs to be something there that caters for everybody and so if Fran and her experience can help somebody like me um, and therefore the whole range of experience that there is in in the group then then brilliant um, and then yes so I'm sort of in the process currently of finding other members who want to be more involved so I can create a sort of committee and we can start organizing events and we can start organizing blocked bookings and and making ourselves more known at the at the Vic. But you, you, I can see you've set up the group back in um, April. Um, I can see on your Twitter page, and you've got six hundred and twenty followers on there already. So it's definitely a fast grower, which is fantastic to see. Um, what has been the response from fellow Watford fans, like men and women? Incredibly positive. Um, I had kind of braced myself uh, for people going, "Oh, well, where's the men's group?" And genuinely, nobody has said it, nobody. And that, I have goosebumps talking about that because it just shows me the kind of club that we support in the kind of people that support this club. Um, you know, they're good eggs. And, and I'm just, I'm really proud and I'm so, so thankful um, that, that it's been that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's brilliant to hear. As you say, you, you sort of, brace yourself for, for what might come your way but it's I think you highlighted it there it just sums up our club you know the family family ethos around it and you know that all stems back from ground sailor days and it's still sticking around now so it's brilliant to hear that that's what the overall reaction has been like you mentioned a, a little while ago there talking about you know maybe doing block bookings in the future what what are your plans for the season ahead yeah so um I've got the very very beginnings of uh, a sort of a launch event um and uh, this is probably sort of maybe the first i've spoken about it so you know, <laughs> exclusive <it's> <laughs> <laughs> um, in an ideal world what i'd quite like to do is a, a sort of a panel discussion and um, where we can get uh, maybe somebody from the club and um, i might as well name him dave messenger has just been the most supportive and incredible um, guide for me going into I was going into this completely clueless and he's mm. just been incredible so it'd be great to get him on a panel maybe myself as one of the founders 
I would love to get somebody uh, maybe a bit older than me um, talking about what it was like as a woman going to football sort of in the 80s and the 90s. Um, and so, and just kind of getting us to chat um, about women's experiences because it, it, my lived experience is very different to your lived experience. Like you say, you don't need to think about um, uh, planning your route and I'm uh, really thinking about your day whereas I have to really I do have to really think about that and uh, and potentially locate safe safe spots to go to um, and so anything that we can be doing really to uh, draw awareness to that and and start educating people about actually this is what it's like for women um, would, would be great and also again it's just a chance to get women together to just chat about Watford um, so I'd like to do that at some point before Christmas. In an ideal world, I'd like that to be a sort of a, a live event happening at the club where people could come and attend and ask questions themselves. But I appreciate with COVID and going into the winter, um, we're not quite sure what restrictions will allow. Um, I'd like to do one block booking um, this year. I, I'm aware with the, again, with the COVID restrictions and stuff, that um, away days are a very privileged thing right now um, and I absolutely do not want to tread on the toes of those people who are regulars at away days and who the supporters groups who already have block bookings um, they we're, we're new on the scene so we won't we won't be treading on any toes certainly not before um, Christmas I don't think but one thing um, I have thought is we have the ladies team are playing at the Vic on the 4th of September yes um, so I have sowed the seed and emailed the new general manager, Amber, um, just to ask, is it possible to do a, a wow outing? So again, a little exclusive for you here. <laughs> Two on one show. <laughs> Treating yeah. us today, Kate. Treating us. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think uh, we, are, we are Watford supporters and that means both men's and women's. Um, and I think that would be great so that we can start meeting some members face to face because at the moment it's all been virtual. Um, and so I'd love to meet to sort of that be our first sort of real ah, yes let's all go to a game together thing yeah no it's absolutely fantastic what you've done Kate it's absolutely credit to you and everyone else who's been involved in this you've really hit the floor um really well and um it's been fantastic to see from a distance and to hear how passionate you are about it all it's just it's just great and it's just like mike says it's just the the ethos of this club that graham taylor laid back in the day um want to talk about maybe yesterday um you said earlier that your throat's a little bit croaky still um <laughs> first game back at vicarage road since um february 2020 you was there how was it oh my gosh wasn't it just the best um it was i always knew it was going to be emotional um but i don't think i quite appreciated just how emotional um it's from even just sort of parking in the car park <laughs> it was like <laughs> <laughs> doing the walk again um, but um seeing everyone around the ground going to see that mural which um i don't know if wow. you've had a chance to see it yet yeah seen it oh, amazing it just hit home again about the kind of club that we support um and just what a what a tribute um absolutely brilliant and um, to then getting to my seat and there's there's a little old couple that sit behind um, our seats and I don't know their names and uh, had no way of contacting them over the last 18 months. So we were worried um, yeah. if, if 
if they'd be, be okay, would, would they both be back? Would, would only one of them be back? And, and they were both there. And it was just <laughs> oh, this moment of just like, okay, we're okay. And um, the tribute at half time, I've you know, skipped over the match, but. <laughs> wow. Just, just uh, I, I thought I was going to be emotional when I heard Zed cars, but the moment yeah. the half time happened oh. and you started seeing the streams of people that just kept on coming didn't they I was expecting it to stop and um, my hands were like red war at the end of it but it was well deserved <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't I, was like, I don't know if I've got enough claps left in me um, <laughs> I've never clapped for 15 minutes before <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was brilliant it was just like coming home and I'd the Watford Observer had asked me to write a piece um, for their sort of back to the Vic special and I'd sort of equated it to my gap year but the real difference was that when I came back from my gap year all I did was I was like I'm going to go again in a couple of months I don't want to be here whereas this coming home this coming back to Vicarage Road I never ever want to be away from Vicarage Road for that long again just the um the just the wholesomeness of it you know and I'd kind of reached the point where I almost didn't mind what the result was going to be almost mm. um I'd I would just to be there was just such a privilege and just such a, a sort of landmark moment I was like you know what if if this doesn't go our way it I'm okay because I'm home <laughs> yeah yeah I'm increasingly jealous of all these people that got to go yesterday um <laughs> seeing it all on Twitter and everything and hopefully it won't be long before I'm back but just talking about the, the, the game now, um, was there any one player in particular that sort of you you impressed by the most at all? Okay, so I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think I know you're going to say. I absolutely butcher pronunciations on this show, so you can go ahead and have a try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought you were going to say him, yeah. We're going to go with that? Yeah. Hmm. We'll oh. So... I'll admit when so when he was sort of first announced, I was one of those on Twitter sort of being a bit like, well, he looks like a nightclub bouncer. Um, you know, I'm not going to mess with him. And oh, I really am not going to mess with him. Um, having seen his performance yesterday, he's an absolute unit. But how good was his debut? Just oh, <laughs> yeah, really, really impressed with him. Um, uh, obviously, I mean, then. Dennis, Dennis yeah. the Menace, are we allowed Dennis. to call him that? I called and... him that various songs yesterday, so yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> he, I think and he really does look like he's going to be a menace, and I'm really here for that. Um, and who oh, are, no, Kucho, <laughs> I'm really good with names, can you tell? <laughs> and they were sort of the three like real standouts for me. I, you, just to come on and that be your first touch, that goal, that third goal was just bananas. Um, loved it, loved it. For Raw or for Rookery, when that went in as well, was incredible. Ah. It, it was spine tingling, wasn't it? It's, it it's really getting was. my goosebumps are going up now, just thinking about it. The way yeah. he cut inside and curled it and went yeah. off the post, and it was like, is this going to cross the line? And then you saw it hit the net on the other side. Oh, just incredible. Yeah. Um, Almost this moment of, did that really just happen? And then we roared because we just, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yep, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> How, how do you think this season is going to pan out for us now? After we've, we've had an incredible start, that three-two victory over the Villa, I don't think many people really expected us to mm. pick up three points in the first game of the season. But how do you reckon it's going to pan out for the rest of the season now? Mm. I 
I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I think people people love to write us off, and I don't know I don't know why I don't know really what we've done in the past um, to sort of warrant that to not even be given a chance. Um, we like being under the radar. Um, you know, we were my my family and I were talking about how it was funny that Brentford found themselves on TV, Norwich found themselves on TV, but little old Watford, nah. Um, <laughs> but actually, under the radar, that's just how I like it. So. I'm I'm happy with mid-table obscurity this year. I don't want to be drawing attention to ourselves just one game at a time. Um, and I think we have the manager to do that. I think he, he seems very level-headed. He seems to completely get this club. Um, it was really nice. Sorry, my throat's going as well now. Um, it was really nice yesterday, actually, when Emma said just before kickoff, um, we'd just like to welcome you, welcome back and um, say thank you to... Uh, to the manager who for everything he achieved last last season and um, that was really nice to be able to give him that round of applause so yeah cautiously optimistic like I say um the losses will come um but uh I think we'll I think we'll be okay which will be my famous last words <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw you on the bus a little bit here Kate um, oh. if you you think we'll be all right what league position are you going to <laughs> 15th. I've said 15th. Yeah. Are you? Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to go 15th then. 14th. 14th. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> you could have gone with 15th as well. So, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, no, stick, to, stick to it now. I've committed 14th. 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 <laughs> if we don't finish 14th, you've got a lot to answer for, Kate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, just before we, we wrap that up, um, obviously, going back to the group, where can people find you? Where can they contact you? Give us the information to the listeners. Okay, so if you are on Facebook, if you just search Women of Watford FC, there is a private Facebook group um, which you can request to join and myself or Fran um, will have a little look over your profile just to make sure you're legit, um, but then we'll accept your invitation. Uh, we are on Twitter, which is Wow Watford FC, all one word. Uh, and we also have a mailing list now, um, which uh, we've not sent out our first email, but it'll just be one once a month just to keep members up to speed with sort of with the exclusive events that I've been promoting to you today, um, which is just women of Watford FC. So it's all one word uh, at gmail.com. Um, and just ping us an email, email saying you'd like to sign up to our mailing list and I will pop you on there. Super stuff. Well, thank you very, very much for uh, giving us your time today, Kate. Really does mean a lot. And Hopefully the, uh, the group will continue to, to grow. Lisa, I've no doubt that this will be absolutely huge in years to come. And it is so good seeing something like this. You know, I've got a sister who's 20 years old and she doesn't go to many football games. And, you know, if whether the reason is the whole purpose of this being set up, I don't know. But hopefully she feels, you know, a little bit more safe now if she, if she does want to go and all this. So, um, yeah, it's... You know. Yeah. All, <laughs> so, all are welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So we really do appreciate your time tonight, Kate. And uh yeah, let's hope you uh your your good luck continues at, at, at Vicarage Road this season <laughs> and uh yeah, those results keep coming, eh? Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been a real pleasure. No problem at all. <laughs> Yes, a massive, massive thank you to, to Kate for giving us uh, time this evening to talk about a absolutely great, you know, a great thing going on there, Ben. I know we 
we talked to um, Kate about it and, you know, we touched on it in the interview, but you you mentioned in that interview, you've got a daughter now, hopefully in years to come, she can feel safe going to football. You know, I've got a sister who, you know, is a Watford fan. I don't know whether she, I certainly wouldn't feel very easy about her going to a football game on her own and stuff like this, to, to have this in this day and age is absolutely superb, isn't it? Yeah, like uh, before the, um, Kate set up this group, I don't think many males would appreciate um, what women have to go through when they go yeah. to football. I don't think you'd really think about it and be like, how are they feeling about it? Like since we've started recording, um, we stopped recording um, Kate's and we had a little five minutes before we started recording. I mentioned it to my Mrs. Kate and said about who we were just speaking to and that. And she was like, I agree. She says, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start following them and see what they're about because she, she's felt about that going to away games with me before and like feeling a bit intimidated and like not being like being the only female there and it would be good for other females to like go together and like just talk football and make them feel safer. So I think it's a fantastic thing. And like you said, with me having like a little girl now as well, it's, it's great to know that there's something in place for her for the future, yeah. for her to feel comfortable. And that's what we want. We just want to, all females to feel comfortable and to be safe. Absolutely. And I think we definitely take for granted and this, this is hundred percent. Many eyes, you know, if, if I was to come down to Watford, the, 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 the actual conversation that would be had between me and Ben would be, I'll meet you wherever at half 12, for example. I'd yeah, don't think about it, do you? And I'd meet you there. Whereas it's obviously not the case for women. They can't just, especially if it's an away game, obviously, you know, well, yeah, home or away games, you know, they, they probably wouldn't feel as comfortable. So a massive midweek game as well at night. Exactly. Yeah, walk into the stadium, anything like that. And it's definitely opened, you know, my eyes. Not to say that I wasn't aware of it before, because I was, but... It, it just makes what, you more aware, doesn't it? And yeah. it makes you appreciate it more. And hats off to Kate, because she's a fantastic ambassador for women of Watford. And Absolutely. long may it grow. And if she ever needs help advertising stuff, then she, um, she knows she's got all of our support with her. Absolutely. Absolutely spot on there. Um and then just, just to wrap up the show, uh, just a, a few bits of transfer news. We obviously touched on Nathaniel Chalaba's tweet earlier in the show. Uh, so hopefully, fingers crossed, something comes of that in the next few weeks and we, we see an official announcement from the club. Um, some Two things that are official. Tom Dilly Bashir, who's joined Reading on a season-long loan, he made two appearances for us last season before being ruled out for the rest of the season due to an ACL, which he actually picked up at the Matoski Stadium. Um, he was on a bench for their win against their 2-1 win against Preston yesterday. But weirdly, I've only just seen this, weirdly, uh, Parnovic only made one sub. Now, I know that they won, but I still think that's very bizarre. Uh, he was on a subs bench, but he, uh, he didn't get on, unfortunately. But Ben, just briefly, um, A, it's brilliant to see Deli Bashira go out on loan. And B, this is the standard. This is, that, that is perfect for him, I think. Yeah, really good blow move for him. Good, good football inside. We saw the football Reading played last season. You saw how well Elise did for in that side, and I feel like maybe Delhi Bethru's replacing Elise, who got his move to Palace in the end, uh, and he he hit the championship uh, 
running last year. He was fantastic. So I'm I'm really excited for Tom. He he deserves this move. He deserves to play week in, week out after a horrible um, injury, which he actually picked up at Medeski last yeah. last year as well. So I don't know if that's going to haunt him a little bit at the start. It might yeah. take him a while to get up to speed. But yeah, fantastic low, low move for him. And it's another Watford loanee that we're going to keep a close eye on. There's so many on loan now, isn't there, mate? What I do now, my part of my ritual uh, on at five o'clock on a Saturday I always check now to see how our low knees have got on um, Mabude scored yesterday three yeah three. he came off the bench um, and he scored the equaliser in a 3-3 three, three, um, home draw against Bolton which was yeah really yeah, good for him brilliant, brilliant result for Wimbledon as well um, wasn't quite to be for, uh, for Pontus Dolberg. Uh, I don't have all the results in front of me I'm just mentioning Zinko Nigel picked up another an assist yesterday in a 2-1 yeah. defeat to Bournemouth Three assists in two games for for Zinkenagel. You know, I said to my mate, I said, "Listen, he'll get you assists." And um, I got laughed out of the room, quite frankly. So it's good to see him doing well. Um, another loney, which this one excites me actually, because I I think he will be a, a first teamer in in the not so distant future. Sonny Blolu Everton, uh, Sonny Blulo Everton, sorry, um, he's joined up with Yeovil for the first half of the 21-22 campaign season. Now, I haven't really kept tabs on Yeovil since they had that one season in the championship where they beat us once and then drew at the away game. But uh, I think that they still are trying to get back into League Two. So if he can play in a team that's pushing for promotion, he had a bit of a, he had a decent loan spell at, at uh, Weldstone, I think it was, last season. So, you know, Regular game time, hopefully, for uh, for Sonny. And uh, fingers crossed he can make the most of that loan spell. And who knows, it might be another loan spell in the Football League next season or the second part of the season. And uh, hopefully we can see him in the first team in the not-so-distant future because he sounds like a, uh, a fantastic little player. Um, <laughs> only Watford could do this next one, Ben. Steve Paparica has completed <laughs> a move to Maccabi Tel Aviv, which is uh, Vladimir Ivic's old side. When was it announced? At half-time on Twitter yesterday. Mate, it, it was announced one minute before the team started to run back out on the pitch. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I just... Do you know what? We we knew he was going to leave, but I did not see him going to Maccabi Tel Aviv. That's just come out of completely nowhere. Um, but we wish him all the best. We, we, we both said, Ben, last season, and we have to hold our hands up, we both said that at one stage we thought he's probably the best striker that we had at the club. But for some <laughs> reason it just wasn't to be, was it? Yeah, it wasn't to be and we, we just looked stupid. Um, mm-hmm. But he had injuries, didn't he? Um, he did. Dislocated his shoulder after his first start against mm-hmm. Bournemouth. Um, he got yeah. a fantastic goal in that. Great work, great, great desire to get on the end of that cross. But then the unfortunate to fall awkwardly to dislocate his shoulder. And then since that he didn't really get back into the team. Um then we had like Joe and Troy all playing and then we was using Andre Gray. So he didn't really get a look in. But yeah, wish him all the best in um, Israel. Yeah, absolutely. And if we were to get everything right in this podcast, it would be a boring podcast. So that's the excuse we'll use for uh, for getting that one so wrong, Ben. Um, and then just lastly, to, to round up the show, uh, you might have seen in the week, I, I was so peed off at this when this happened. It's just It just sums his cup up. The Carabao Cup second round draw was, um, you know, took place on Wednesday night, straight after the Leighton Orient and QPR game, and we had to wait because that went to ex- that went to penalties, 
and then we had to wait for the second to last ball, and then we go and bloody shoot, get drawn against Crystal Palace at home. So that'll be played the week commencing August the 23rd. Um, so uh, pretty boring to me is anyway, because we're going to play on twice in the regular season. So I can't imagine that one's going to be much of a, a core cab. But yeah, Crystal Palace just played them in a pre-season friendly as well. Four times this season. I can't stand the sight of them. I really can't. But um, yeah, so that's the the second round of the the Carabao Cup, and that's that's our annual early exit of the Carabao Cup confirmed. <laughs> um, which is a real shame, to be fair. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I think teams like ourselves should take this cup more seriously, because other teams don't really take it that seriously. I mean. I always laugh because Man City are trying to put out a weak side in that cup every season, but their weak side would still finish in the top half of the Prem, so um, it's it's not fair. Uh, but yeah, no, that's 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 pretty much all all that me and Ben have have got for this podcast. We, as always, really appreciate you guys for listening to us and interacting with us and tweeting us to tell you tell us how much you've loved it and tweeting us to agree on stuff and disagree and everything. So. Keep up the interaction. We really do love it. We, we get back to everyone as, as quickly as we can. Uh, and if you see obviously myself or Ben around at the football, want to say hello, want to have a chat, not a problem. Just, you know, pull us to one side. If you're not sure if it is us, then I'm the good-looking one. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to sneak something in there, didn't I? Um, if you're not sure, just drop us a message. If, if you ever want to meet up for a beer, drop us a message. We're, we're happy to do that whatsoever. So, yeah, we really do appreciate it. But myself and Ben will be back at the weekend to hopefully, fingers crossed, talk about our first away win back in the Premier League. We've got Brighton. It's a half-five kickoff. It's on Sky Sports. And hopefully, it'll be another victory for the Orns. So, till then, stay safe and come on, you Orns. Sports Social Podcast Network.